Amen. Come on, let's give God praise today. Let's thank God for who He is. Let's thank our worship team today. Come on, let's do that. Good morning, everyone. Please be seated. Everybody okay? Any, any chance I can have some house lights up there so I can see who's in the house today? And then we're going to pray before we give the word. That's brilliant. Thank you. Good morning. Give us a wave, folks. Good to see you online. Give us a wave by faith online. Good to see you. Okay, let me talk to you today. Um, I want you to do some homework this week, if you can. I want you to read the book of Luke, first chapter of Luke, because this is what I'm going to preach on today. But it's really good to get familiar with the Christmas story. And um, I've been looking over Luke for the past few days, chapter one, thinking, what is it that I can bring to you today? What, what is it that spoke into my own life first? And then what I can pass on to you, which will probably, hopefully, encourage you. Let me pray with you and for you this morning. Let's just open our heart um, and our minds today. Father God, we ask you that as your word is preached today, we thank you, Lord, that it's living, active. Lord God, it's alive. And Father God, your word can bring life and hope. And so, Father, we ask you right now, let your word, God, bring life to those that listen. Lord, I pray that, Father God, whatever is said today, that you will speak directly into people's lives. And, Father, make your word mean what it means to them. Give them revelation today. Unpack the word in their hearts, Father God, in a response of hope, Lord, and willingness to obey what you're going to say to them today. And Lord God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to read to you from Luke uh, chapter 1. I never asked uh, Lee to put this on, so if you've got a Bible... Um, please, or iPad or iPhone, Luke chapter 1. Uh, if not, just listen to these words. From Luke chapter 1, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in God's sight, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But... They were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. I bet he was. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will are to call him John. And he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. When you continue to read the passage, the angel then also appears to Mary, and he, gave, he gives her a prophetic word about her giving birth to another son, and his name would be Jesus. I want to encourage you today, I want to speak on the word of being fulfilled in the things of God. Being fulfilled. When Mary responded to the angels. She said, let your word be fulfilled to me as you have said. As I thought about that word, 
uh, in the scripture, I thought, I wonder how many followers of Jesus are living a fulfilled life, not in actually in, wor- in a worldly sense, but in a sense being fulfilled in the things of God. I wonder through life trials and circumstances, I wonder if things have, have somehow gone neutral or we've gone into reverse, wanting to seek God's best for our lives, wanting to fulfill all the dreams and purposes that he has for our lives. And as I think about this, you know, when you look at Luke chapter 1, there's a lot of new beginnings, of new birth, of new opportunities, of new purposes for people's lives. And I wonder if you are in your walk with God and you think, well, you know, I've probably done everything that God wants me to do, and so I'll just now coast in neutral. And I'm here to stir you up and challenge you that God has got new things for your life. And I'm wanting you to believe for this next year, 2022, that we want to see a move of God, not only in our church, because I believe God's got something new for our church, but also something new for you. And don't allow limitations or past experience to stop you from believing God for something fresh in your life. See, in the time that this was written, it was a time of 400 years of silence, where God did not speak, the book of Malachi, the prophet, was the last word from God, and then God was silent for 400 years. Then all of a sudden, there were still people serving God faithfully, but never had hope of the promise of God. And the next minute, an angel turns up. Isn't that amazing? A supernatural move of God begins to turn up to, to, to bring in a new season for the kingdom of God and the people of God. And I want to say to you in your life, some of you and some of you online may think that God's been silent in your life, maybe seems like 400 years. But I want to say to you, it only takes one encounter with God to change your destiny. And sometimes we look at the natural and think, how's God going to do this? But I want to tell you, it's going to take the supernatural. And the angel of the Lord turned up just before I continue to preach. You know, if anybody tells me they have an angel visit him, that's cool. But two things that angels will do, they will remind you of the word of God and they'll also point you to Jesus. Okay, so we still believe in angels and we believe in visitations. But let me tell you, when an angel turns up, it's for a purpose. It's not to stroke our ego or tell people how spiritual we are. When a supernatural encounter happens to our life, it's because God's going to launch us into something exciting, faith-ventured and spirit-filled. And at the end of it, it will give Jesus glory. Say amen. And so we want angelic beings. We want the supernatural power of God. But there is also understanding that it's moving us into service purpose. I wonder today if you're living your life on purpose, believing God for a new season in, in Him. Not just looking for a breakthrough in your business or a breakthrough in your career, but you're asking and seeking God for a new season in Him, an adventure to serve Him in no matter what your gift and abilities and wherever God's placed you, that God will break through and open something fresh for your life with excitement, will get you out of bed knowing that God's got a purpose, a new season for you coming. And so the angel turns up to a man who was serving God faithfully, but also was walking with a a unfulfilled promise in his heart. And and many times in church life, in Christian life, we we walk through life with unfulfillment, thinking God is, is finished with us, but that's not true. Isaiah 42 says, See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. 
before they spring into being, I announce them to you. You see, there was an announcement from the angel to Zachariah and Mary that God is about to do something new. Get ready. And I wonder in your life, are you anticipating something new from God? Because we need to be prepared, ready to go for what God wants us to do in our life. And I'm urging you to begin to make sure that Jesus is number one in your life. As Des prayed this morning that no one could take Jesus' name from us, but I'm asking you that you will put him first in your priorities of your planning and of your prayers that, Lord, let your will be done in my life and let me be used and and serve you how you want that to be in my heart and life. Every unfulfilled promise, every purpose you've planned and written for me, I want to see fulfilled in my generation. And so I, I pray that you will do that. Before they spring up, I announce them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. See, see, it's great about what God did yesterday, but we've got to keep God present. We've got to keep the moving power and the miracles and the testimonies of God present. It's great to know what God did yesterday, but let me ask you, what's God doing in your life today? Is the same God that that blessed you last year, is he still active today in your life? Or is he silent and there is no move of God because you are now just on neutral? You're on automatic pilot and you're not believing God for an intervention of his will and purpose in your life. Because I'll tell you, a life that always lives in the past is a bored Christian life. Because if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want God to be active now in my life. I want to tell you what God's done to me today as well as yesterday because that means he's still on the throne. He's still got purpose for our lives and I pray for our church that even though it's over 50 years old, we want to talk about what God did yesterday but we want to tell you what he's going to do today and tomorrow in our future because the angel was announcing the future for this couple. And you know, God wants to announce a a fresh future for you. No matter how bad your past has been, God has got something planned for your life. But are you ready to partner with God? Because this promise would never have been fulfilled if this couple and the two couples would have been willing to put their life on the altar to follow the commands and the commission of God. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth, you who go down to the sea and to all that is in it, you islands and all who live in them. See, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and no what human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And maybe you're here today and maybe you're online you're thinking, do you know what? I'm not sure God has got anything fresh for me in the future. I want to tell you that is not true. God has got amazing and adventurous things for you to live in. No matter how difficult your past Christian life has been, no matter how much disappointment you've actually walked through in your life, God has something fresh to announce to your life. And you know the problem with Zachariah that he looked to his own ability and therefore caused some confusion in his own life. Ephesians says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm I'm really glad that while we're still alive, God has still purpose for us to walk into. 
But if we're going to actually walk into which God has already finished. You see, what God does, he plans our purposes before we even were created. And then we have to walk all the way back to when we get born. And we're only walking out what God's already prepared. But we have to walk believing and trusting that God is going to do something great in our lives. But there's a few things that God looks for if we are going to break into a new year and the new season in our walk with him to, to experience unfulfilled promises that we become a people that is fulfilled. What does the word fulfilled mean? Let me just tell you, it means happy, fully developing, ability in character and achieving all that God has for our lives. I want to say, how is your walk with God today? Is it just something you just fill in on Sunday? Or is it something that you live for? That, Lord, I live to serve the purposes of God in my life. Through my family, through my work experience. Lord, I want you to use me that I may allow Jesus to be known throughout the earth. God looks for a few things. The first thing he looks for is faithfulness. God looks for faithfulness. God is attracted to faithfulness. You know, when both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the commands and decrees blamelessly. What a couple this was. But what really spoke to me was what the faithfulness that God was attracted to in this couple's life is that they were still willing to serve God even though an area of their life was barren and they couldn't conceive. There was lots of Christians when they don't get their breakthrough from God, they quit serving. When they don't get their prayer answered right away from God, they fall out with God. But this couple, even though they, she couldn't conceive a child, there was an unfulfilled promise that they were carrying. But where do we find Zacchaeus and his wife at an old age still in the temple serving God? That's what attracts God. It's not all the victories in your life. It's that he wants to look for a people that even when things are tough, even when things are barrenness, even when the things that you haven't got a fresh song, that you will still turn up and say, here I am, wholly available. And as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. God is looking at people who were willing to do that for him because he can trust you with a new season that's coming in your life. He said, if you can serve me when there's an unfulfilled promise, when there's a hardship in your life, when you don't feel like turning up, when you can still come, even when you feel like the hope is gone, the promise is never going to come to pass because you look at your natural ability. Even when that is said and done, you're still at the temple turning up, serving me. God is attracted to faithfulness like that. When you can be trusted, God can deposit in you something amazing in your life. The second thing that we see that God looks for if we're going to enter a new season is faith. Faith. You're going to take faith. And so this is what Luke 138 says, and he spoke to, the angels spoke to Mary, for no word from God will ever fail. Wow. Isn't that amazing? From no word... From God will ever fail. And Zachariah scratching his head and thinking, but that word's not come to pass in my life. 
And Elizabeth, she's too old. We're too old. We've gone through all the process and we're too old. Yeah, but no word from God will ever fail. And so Mary's response to the angel said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. May your word to me be fulfilled. See, you cannot live out of circumstances. You cannot live off your own experience or your own gift or your own resources because faith takes you to another level where you have to trust God. And without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So your next move in your life is going to be a faith step because if you could do it in your own strength, then it's not faith. And so whatever we're going to do new for God is going to take us to believe God to help us get through. Because if you don't need Him, then it's not faith and therefore we're not going to please Him. So they needed to believe God about what He said rather than the circumstances. Now faith is confidence of what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. That's faith. Faith is... And somehow you've spoken to me, God, but I can't see it yet. But I know that your word will not fall to the ground and it will come to pass. Faith is to believe what we do not see and the reward of faith is to see what we believe. That's what Augustine said. So Gabriel turns up and says to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah, Your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. Do you know what's really powerful about this interaction with the angel? He said to Zachariah, God's heard your prayer. So he's still praying about a promise. But here's the facts. He did not believe God would answer his prayer. A lot of Christians pray but don't even believe God will answer their prayers because God was about to answer his prayer. He didn't believe him because he looked to his own ability and says, how how can this be, God? We're too old. He wasn't even ready for God to answer the prayer he was praying in the temple. Just like in the New Testament when Peter got arrested and the church began to pray for his release. And an angel turned up and released Peter. And while the church is praying in a prayer meeting, Peter knocks on the door. They're praying for Peter's release. And the knock comes on the door and a woman turns up and says, it was Peter, she answers the door and it's Peter. And she's going, Peter, you're in prison. Hold on a minute, we're praying about you getting released. Oh, just a minute, can you imagine this? She shuts the door. And many Christians shut the door on the answer that God wants to bring in their lives because they don't believe Him. If you a good prayer meeting is a people who pray that believe God will answer their prayer. So she shuts the door on Pete. Can you imagine what he's thinking? So they go back and say, "Hey guys, stop praying. Why we got to get?" But Peter's at the door. Don't be stupid. See, they didn't even believe that God would answer their prayer. And then when they opened the door, they realised, oh my goodness, there is the answer to my prayer knocking on my door and I'm unwilling to receive it. 
the church has got to be ready for the answers that we're praying. Well, you've got to, but you know, it's pointless praying if we're not going to believe God's going to answer. And so therefore, he said, I'm not quite sure that that's going to happen, Gabriel. We're too old. How can I be sure of this? I am old and my wife is well along in years. See, he failed to understand that what was going to happen in his life could only be done if God pulled it off. And many times as a church and as people of faith, we look to our own resources and our own ability and don't realise that God's got more resources and he can pull anything off that he says to us that we can do. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends, George Muller. Faith begins where man's power ends. And so if we're going to have a faith venture with God, then it's going to be a bit of time of uncertainty with our own strength. Can we do this? No, not in your own strength, but with God, as we've already sung, all things are possible. And so it's interesting what I like about this, this, this passage because it really gives me some hope. So what happens is that God shuts Zachariah's mouth. He thought, I can't afford for you to get out of here and be negative about my promises. But here's some good news. At that moment, Zachariah didn't have faith to believe God's promises. But do you know what I like about God? He shut him up and says, I'm still going to do it anyway. So anybody that's taught you that you can't receive nothing from God if you don't believe, I'm not sure that was right in Zachariah's life. Because he, he was full of fear, unbelief. God shut him up and said, let me tell you, the next time you open your mouth is when this promise has been fulfilled in your family. I love that about God, don't you? It gives me a bit of grace to know that when I'm not full of faith, God will still work and fulfil his purpose in our lives. He will fulfil his purpose in your life. But he does need faith from us to believe him. See, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but the longing fulfilled a tree of life. Many followers lose hope because of unfulfilled promises. No breakthrough. But I want to tell you, no matter who you are today and where you are, God can turn up in your life. God can turn things around. Because in Luke 1.25, Elizabeth says, the Lord has done this for me. She said, in these days, see, it was a now faith. It was a now experience with God, serving God for many years, walking with unfulfilled promises, barrenness. But then all of a sudden, God turned up with a word and it was now faith. In these days, he has shown me favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I want to know right now where you are in your walk with God. I want to know if you've been limping through life or walking through life thinking, is this ever going to happen? And my prayer for you is that your song will change. 
My prayer is that your season will change, that you'll move into a promise fulfilled and that you'll be able to declare like Elizabeth, in these days, God has shown me favour. That's my prayer for you today. No matter where you are in your life, if you're stuck, if you're struggling, that, that there is a change going to come because God is on the throne and nothing is impossible for your life. One encounter with God, one word from God can change everything. The third thing that God looks for is people that's going to be fixed. So faithful, faith and fixed but my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. You see, the thing is, what you need to understand is that when God speaks to you about your future and about dreams and a promise, that the enemy will always try and kill your dream. So you have to be fixed. What I'm saying is you have to be fixed on what God has spoken to your heart. You have to be fixed on the purpose and begin to prioritise what it is that God wants you to do. But Satan is, is very crafty and he will try and kill the dream in your heart. He'll try and discourage you and throw you off course. You see, the first thing that the enemy did when the angel announced the future and the new birth for both of these people in the time of Jesus was that he, got, he made sure that, that he would work through the authorities so they would kill all the firstborn. See, the same thing with Moses happened, if you remember that. God's deliverer, the first thing that the, the Pharaoh was, kill all the firstborn. In other words, let me try and kill the dream. Let me, kill, let me kill what God's birthed in your heart and in your life. And he will do that through circumstances. But we have to be aware of his schemes. And so when I look at this story, I see some of the things that will try and kill the dream in your heart and your life. And the first thing is that listening to the wrong people will kill your dream. Do you know that? You know, the encounter with God, with Mary, she, she could have said to Gabriel, I'm really privileged that I'm highly favoured. I'm really excited that you want me to do this for you. But... I'm about to get married and I want to go home and have a chat with Joe and talk it through to see what he thinks because I'm not sure he's going to understand how I've got pregnant. See, here's the thing, what you have to do when you're following Jesus. You have to make your decision before God first before you speak to anybody else about it. Now we have to honour our relationships but you make your decision before Jesus. See the problem is that when you read the word of God and the, God and the word of God tells you to do something other people in your life can talk you out of it. And they may, they may be so close into your life. I remember when I told people we told people we were going to Bible college the amount of people that were our friends at the time and family that try and talk me out of obeying God was unbelievable. And because I respected those people, I was like, I'm not sure I should be doing this. But I had to go about what God said to us by his word. Joseph, what do you think about this? An angel appeared to me last night. You know something. Let me just tell you something. Sometimes you have to let God speak to people first about your dream before you speak to them. Because they're not going to get it. Can you imagine Joseph going... 
you saw an angel called Gabriel and you're going to be pregnant without me. You are joking. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to divorce you quietly because he said he was going to do it anyway after. And do you know what, what's going to happen? What, what do you think the family's going to say? It's going to bring disgrace on us. Can you imagine Mary trying to make the decision then before God? See, the thing is, when we're following Jesus, we've got to get with Jesus and we've got to get with his word and we've got to make our vows and our commitments to him first and say, Lord, I'm going to obey you and I'm going to trust you to so everybody else around me that they, whether they like it or not, I'm here to honour you with my life. Because let me tell you something, you can't live for anybody else but the Lord because you have to seek first the kingdom and everything else then will be given to you as well. I cannot be talked out of the will of God for my life from anybody in my life. If God says it, then I'm going to do it. And you can talk me as much as you like. You know, Job's wife tried to talk him out of following God heartily, and he wasn't going to hack it. And Joseph would have tried and talk Mary out of it. But she said it, made a decision before God, whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it. And that's the kind of people that God wants in our lives. See, please let me tell you, don't get talked out of your purpose. If you look into the Old Testament, 10 spies talked out millions of people out of their promise. Really be careful who you listen to in your life when it comes to fulfilling God's purpose in your life. It's really important to know that if you're going to do great things for God, the right kind of people you're going to need around you. Because what happened next was really important. She really didn't listen to Joseph, even though she respected him and she honoured God. But then the next thing, she runs off to a woman called Elizabeth. And what does that tell me when I'm following Jesus and going to do great things for him? That you have to get around people that's gone before you in their walk. You see, Elizabeth had the baby before Mary did. She knew what it was like to have childbirth. And let me tell you something, if you're going to follow people in the things of God, they must have walked a little bit before you or they can nothing to give you. Can you imagine Elizabeth trying to explain to Mary what it's like to give childbirth when she never had a baby? But she she had one first so she could help Mary through the process of going the next step with God. But not only that, she recognised the call of God in Mary's life. She was a young girl Mary was probably 12 to 14. Elizabeth was old in age. But she saw the hand of God in her life and she encouraged her about the dream that God placed in her heart. She goes, bless Mary are you, for you'll be great. And she began to encourage and encourage Mary in what God has said into her life. You have to get people around you who will help you with your dream. They've got to have walked a little bit further than you and they can encourage you and inspire you and, and, and commit to helping you see it through. And so Mary ran to her and Elizabeth grabbed her and encouraged her and began to help her grow the dream. Please surround yourself with right people if you're going to do great things for God. Three little tips, one more thing, I'm finished. Three little wisdom things for you. If you're looking for people to walk with to help you grow in God, first of all, I recommend a few things. Number one, are they committed to a local church? Are they committed to a local church? 
or are they just floaters? Listen, I ain't going to listen to a floater. I want somebody that's committed to a church that at least are doing something for the body of Christ. And so I want to, I wanna, before anybody tells me about what I should do with my life, I want to know, are you actually committed yourself? Would, would that be fair to say? Would, would, you know, if somebody's going to speak into my life about my future, I want to know, are you committed? Are you, is skinning the game from you? Because don't tell me how to live my Christian life if you're not even turning up. You're not even committed yourself, so why would I want to listen to you? So I want to give you some encouragement. Are they connected to the body? Are they actually committed somewhere? That's helpful to me. Secondly, are they walking the walk or just talking the talk? Have they a proven track record that actually they're faithful and trustworthy in loving God and loving people? Do they have a story to tell about the goodness of God, not about 50 years ago, but about maybe five minutes ago? Is God still working in their life? Thirdly, it's not just about their gift, it's about their character. Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. What are they like as people? Are they kind? Do they gossip all the time? Do they rip people apart? You can't allow that kind of person to give you direction in your life. There has to be some Jesus in them. Come on, speak to me. I'm, I'm going to save your heartache from listening to the wrong people in your life. He'll give you instruction. And finally, this is the final one, really big one. They are teachable and accountable themselves. They're teachable and accountable themselves. They can be encouraged and they look for encouragement. So 31 years following Jesus and I still go look to receive ministry from other people. Still go into seminars to learn more of how I can know more about Jesus and be better. Still hungry to receive uh, whatever it is from anybody else who in ministry have got something to say. I'm, I'm there, I'm hungry. I want to learn more. I want to be encouraged by others. I haven't got it all together I, I can do my best, but I'm still open for input and, and, and receiving from others in my life. I'm hungry for more of God and also accountable. Am I also willing to receive a rebuke or correction? If I'm not, I'm in trouble. You know, you always can tell a teachable person A teachable person is always tested when you say no to them about something. How many of you got children? Aren't they amazing when you keep giving them what they want? But you know something? That magic word no sets something off in our kids. I'm thinking, I didn't think you were like that. But do you know something as adults? When somebody says no to you, that's the proof of your maturity. Here's the thing. And the worship team can come on if you want. Moses had the biggest church in history. He had a million people to, to lead. Okay? 
Here's the thing. If Moses wasn't humble enough to receive a no from his father-in-law, he would have burnt out in his ministry and his ministry would have finished. Million people, biggest church in history. But yet he realised that he needed to listen to a no. He said to him, what you're doing, Moses, is not good. You're going to kill yourself. And because he listened, his ministry went to another level. Teachability means, it doesn't mean to say yes when everything's going well and you like everything that somebody's telling you great. But when somebody says, I need a little bit of correction, need a bit of direction, that's not good in your life, your response is really massive to your future. And so we have to be teachable. The people that's telling you, I live your life, giving you a prophecy and telling you how to live about Jesus, are they accountable? Is there anybody in, in their world that can speak to them about their life? And if there isn't, you need to run away as fast as you can from that kind of counsel. Because all of us need to be accountable to someone in our lives. And finally, say amen, finally. You need to be filled. If we're going to do all that God wants us to do, we cannot do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? I have no experience. Not gone this way before. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Acts 1, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. If you want the Lord to do something fresh in your life today, if you want to say to God, I want you to do something new in me in 2022, I want a fresh season in the things of God. I want fresh presence. I want a freshness from you. I want something to get excited about in purpose for you. If you're saying that today, if you're not, then that's cool. But I only want those people online and in this room that are saying today in the heart, I am tired of Christianity just being mundane. And I am going to say to God this morning, I am going to posture my heart ready for you to do a new season in my life. And I'm going to respond like Mary. If you're here today and you're saying, I know that God's got something fresh for me. And you're saying, I just need a touch of God today in my heart and life. But you want to you wanna give everything to Him and say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to turn the lights down in the house for me. Because I know in this room, 
some people may not stand and I don't want anyone to see you. Because I just want to pray a prayer. If you know that God is speaking to you right now, I want you to stand with me. And online, if you know that God's speaking to you right now through his word, I want you to stand in your living room or wherever you are watching right now to receive from the Lord. Some of you are standing with unfulfilled promises in your life, areas in your life where you're barren and you just need God to move and bring to pass in your life your heart's desire. Everyone in this room say, Lord, I want want something fresh from you in my walk with you. I want a fresh season of the purpose of God in my life. I'm available, God, but I know I'm going to need you to pull it off. Every unfulfilled dream, every unfulfilled promise in this place and online. I'll tell you, you're never too old, you're never too young. From this story, Mary was young and Zachariah and Elizabeth is old. I want to tell you, don't allow that to stop God's purpose coming for your life. You may say to me, well, you don't realise where I've come from, Jason. Don't worry about it because Mary came from, Na- from Nazareth and can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was Sin City. But let me tell you, no matter where you've come from today, God can fulfil His purpose in and through your life. He needs availability. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, as I speak these scriptures over and into the hearts of your children. I pray, Father God, it will be like a a dynamic connection of spirit and word. Lord, some people here right now are anticipating and believing you for something fresh in their life. And God is is speaking to you right now and God's going to speak a word of life into you and connect by His Spirit in your heart and you're going to leave today with hope in your heart knowing that God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. And I don't know who's in this room, who's online, but you know, I may, may never see you again after. I may have even seen you before, but I know that one day in heaven that this word is going to ignite something in you and God's going to take you to places that you would never even believe. It's only in heaven that's going to be revealed that you responded to his word and God fulfilled promises in your life. And so Father God, in the name of Jesus, whoever it is in this place and online that you're going to connect with, wants to remind you that he's going to use you for his purpose. Joshua 21, verse 45. I'm going to speak it of your life. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Romans 15, 13. This is the scripture I'm going to pray into your heart and mind today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask you right now, right across this venue and online, Lord, beside, behind and above, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now by your presence and you would fill your people. Fill them with faith. Fill them with hope. Fill them with your promises. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.